so Loki. Oh boy. Robin Breacher, Servant Leader, Rector, Reverend, Deacon, Elder, what the hell? What a that tricky little guy. The most tricky. So this is a, a spoiler-heavy discussion of Loki. We did a little bit of it on Pillow Talk one time, I think, with me and Ian. But uh, we have Lars here, along with John Wesley, to discuss uh, the one Marvel show that uh, Ethan will never watch. So y'all, tell me your thoughts about Loki. How did you feel about it? What? Hey, do you remember that time that Loki... The character in Marvel canonically killed a lot of people. And yeah. then they chose that moment to pick up the story and say, this guy who just murdered a lot of people is about to be the hero of the story. Isn't that bananas? Like, I know it had to fit in with the with Endgame and, and with Loki dying and all this kind of stuff. But like, it is just bonkers that that is where we pick up at. And isn't it interesting that that did not cause a time variance like when the Avengers went back in time, but somehow when Loki does it, it causes a variance and that causes the whole plot. Don't they don't they explain that away? Don't they say, no, that was supposed to happen? Yeah, that's not a very good explanation. I'm going to be honest with you. Nick, you do sound a little punch struck. That's not a very good explanation. This <laughs> is not a very good one. You know, that's kind of like saying the Bible is the inerrant word of God because the Bible says so. You know, I hear that. That's fair. True. But it's also a time travel thing that I find that there are no, there are never any fully coherent roles in time travel. Agreed. We should cease making time travel content. I, I would be, be for upset it. about it. <laughs> Sorry, all you Doctor Who fans. I have Doctor Who as a place in my heart in a particular don't, time, and but like I don't don't apologize to them. <laughs> they know what they did. <laughs> so maybe let's do this like real Christianity style to start off with. What did you like about the show first, Ian? Yes. <laughs> what did you like about the show? <laughs> Please leave the long pause in. <laughs> I, I will, because it only makes it's the only thing that makes my my tone sound right. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I so much like I think we've I've talked about this with some of the other shows that have uh, been discussed and uh, content that has been Marvel content that has been discussed on these minisodes of uh, what the hell is a pastor. Um, I'm coming at this where uh, I'm a Marvel stan. I'm an MCU stan. Um, like I'll 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 watch uh, anything. I think I think Thor: The Dark World is the weakest of the the MCU movies, but I don't think it's a bad movie. That's 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 where I'm coming at this from. Um, just just naming my 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 biases and. Uh, my where where my context uh up at the at the jump um great move for an exegetical paper thank you thank you uh this is this is actually it's the first step of the the roadmap um and so i i i enjoyed uh loki um i uh really liked the pacing of it um 
I think that a lot of one of the the common critiques I've seen of not just this one, but of Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision um, have been people complaining about filler episodes, quote unquote, um, and how they're a waste of everyone's time. And at the same time, I'm thinking like that episode where Loki and Sylvie are on that uh, apocalypse-laden planet, uh, getting all of that character development in there is a delight. And I don't think the rest of the show uh, works without that episode. Or without it, like, you have to have, like, hamstrung uh, telling instead of showing, right? The the rule of of everything from, from... my voice teacher told me all the time, show, don't tell, show, don't tell. Um, and I think that's true of uh, anything that is a performance or creativity thing. How do you um, show, don't tell with a vocal performance? That's a great question and uh, could be the subject of another uh, minisode when I can think a little more clearly about uh, vocal pedagogy and... Uh, Vocal performance. This is gonna be a Pillow Talk episode. I can feel it already. Yeah, yeah. So subscribe to Pillow Talk if you want to know uh, how to show instead of tell. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked it. Uh, that was what I liked about. It. I liked the character. Tom Hiddleston is uh, a delight in just about anything he does. I can, I can watch him. I can listen to him read Robert's Rules of Order. <laughs> and be enthralled. I can I can listen to him read the United Methodist Book of Discipline and be enthralled. And I think I think we should, as a denomination, pay uh, Tom Hiddleston whatever he wants to create the audio recording of the Book of Discipline. Okay, we get it. You're the T Hids Stan. We get it. Thank you. <laughs> I, mean- I will stand as opposition. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about um, the like the next chapters that are being teased and uh, the, the the foundation groundwork is being laid for them for the next chapter of the MCU because that's been the the big question or like uh, for me and I think for a lot of people is okay you've you've had this whole Thanos infinity saga that spanned, uh, over ten years. Um, so now what? I'm 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 excited about this uh, multiverse kind of thing that's going on, um, and it, it it has me excited for uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange too. And if there's anything that can get me excited for Doctor Strange too, that's a good thing. I guess that's true. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to argue with that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, um, like I, my, my bar for entertainment right now is, did this make me feel something in the midst of like the global catastrophe that makes me want to feel nothing? And, uh, yeah, like I, I, there was enough, uh, there's enough character stuff that I was like, you know, I, I really want Owen Wilson to have that jet ski. Like, yes. God, I wanted that jet ski. Fuck, I wanted that in there so bad. I know, and it just never was. Um, but 
yeah so that's that's where that's kind of where i'm at with loki is that like this was a this was a fun ride i had some feelings along the way i i have some questions about some plot holes i would rather that loki not fall in love with another version of loki i didn't need that um because i don't ever really need loki to have a romantic interest that's not what i come to that character for so uh and and uh of course there's another season coming like of course that's that's how this happened and, and i think there are times that it just fell into fantasy tropes but i think i've complained about that in other places so yeah that's that uh, that's actually my whole take on loki is that like i enjoyed it i don't know enough of the larger MC- mcu to know what i should be upset about or interested in so y'all in- enlighten me what's what is the deal well, first of all, <laughs> do you want my good takes on the show first? Didn't you give us good takes? No. no. Nick hasn't said anything positive about it yet. Okay, give us some good takes then. I I must have just ignored it. In in light of Ian just being very glowing about things, I was like... No, you, you properly preemptively ignored my opinions, which is the right <laughs> thing to do. Um, uh, good things. Um... It's a good setup for what's coming next, like Ian said. I think with the multiverse thing, I'm going to have a lot of problems with it in the way that I have problem with time travel stuff because it's kind of the same concept. Mm-hmm. But I think it really, that is not a bad thing necessarily. It marks a, a, a drastic shift in the MCU. That's more than just the characters that we're switching to, but it's also like how you as a fan now need to approach the material. Like we could for a long time, through the whole Thanos saga or whatever we're calling it. Like part of the thing is teasing all the like fanboys and making people feel smart for catching the Easter eggs and like, uh, make feel people feel good that way and try to like, and there was space to talk about plot holes that something like time travel would bring up because they like, were dealing in different things than, than those kinds of impossible you know, scenarios. And now if we're moving into the multiverse, you do kind of have to switch as a fan into the doctor who style mindset where it's like, this is doctor who, this is not star Trek. You can't pick apart every single thing in in it, or you're not going to have a good time. Mm -hmm. So either enter it with the proper frame of mind or just be miserable, I guess. Um, So this helps me make that shift a little bit in my mindset going into it. Um, and so I think that is a good thing that I can look at it and go, yeah, there's all these plot holes and I like to pick at them, but also I recognize this is a transition into me as a fan, not being quite so nitpicky and going along for a little bit more fun of a ride just for the fun of it. Um, and I think it did that, which is good. I do not like Tom Hiddleston, but not because I don't think Tom Hiddleston's a good actor. He's a fine actor. I I like him fine uh he's a he's a good actor i i just don't really get the hype around tom hiddleston so like i kind of miss out on that i know we're not really doing negatives right now so i won't talk say this too much just like i think tom hiddleston acted fine he did what he was told to do and uh he did it well so good for him 
Yeah, and what else? It was pretty. It was pretty to look at. It was pretty. I really love the aesthetic of it. And I, there's not, like, you should not necessarily love the TVA for its aesthetic because it's very, like, 80s brown, just leaning real hard into that. But, like, there was so much of the show that I was like, it knows its tone. It knows what it wants to look like. And, and that... Honestly, that'll sell me on a show more than anything else. If I can just be immersed in that world, like I'm here for it. So yeah, Angie and I decided that it was actually just a mixture. Them deciding they were going to mix together Doctor Who with uh, Umbrella Academy. Ooh, that is that is what it is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Because <laughs> yeah. it's got that same like 70s, 80s, timeless kind of vibe that they're, they're going for. And that's the idea. So like... Yeah, that's kind of where it finds itself uh, as far as time travel stuff is concerned. They still wanted to do some of the British goofiness, which is why they use Tom Hiddleston, right? Right. Um, but the aesthetic was a lot more like Umbrella Academy, which I find to be a very appealing aesthetic. So I liked that. I thought that was good. That's true. Um, yeah, I do love Umbrella Academy. Uh, guy whose name I don't know from... Uh, Lovecraft Country, who plays the big villain at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, Do we I have- like him a lot. I'm excited to see what he does more uh, as the Marvel Universe continues from here. I'm excited to see him because it, with all the, it's obvious we're going to see variants of him. So it'll be cool to watch him play different versions of himself. That'll be fun. Yeah, it seems from everything I've seen, he's got the range for it. Like, I think I think he's going to have a good time with it. It also feels to me uh, a little bit like a, a Sebastian Stan moment where like this person is now in a contract for quite some time uh, and Marvel just got him in and locked him in. So I think they're going to do a lot with him. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I like this type of story as coming next from the Thanos stuff, because the Thanos stuff had its own particular type of vibe and feel. And I feel like this future MCU is a little goofier. And I like that. I like when the superhero stories don't take themselves super seriously, because then I feel like I have to take them super seriously. And I become that jerk who overanalyzes it all. Um, which is why I just cannot vibe with DC movies at all. Right. Yeah. Uh, I hate them, <laughs> which is a shame because DC produces some of the better heroes and villains, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, they just, yeah, they don't know how to do a movie. No, nope, they suck at it. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, that's because DC doesn't have cre- uh, creative control over its own. Uh, that's fair. Uh, yeah, movie properties. Uh, Warner brothers <laughs> controls that. And uh, for some reason, Warner Brothers uh, is worse at that than Disney is. Or Disney Disney lets Marvel get away with more shit. Yeah. And where, Ian, where you're the the MCU stan, I'm like the reluctant fan. I'm like, (laughs) I've, I've seen everything, pretty much everything that Marvel's put out, but more from a place of FOMO. Mm. than anything like i want to be a part of the cultural conversation i want to talk to people about what they're watching and things like that i want to relate to like what the kids are talking about wow that was an old person youth leader comment to make but yep (laughs) that's true and like that's it and so like i like superheroes and everything but it wouldn't be like i don't know if i was just trying to enjoy 
the movies, they might not be the movies I pick to go out and see. You know what I mean? Mm. So I, I, I like them, but I'm happy to be critical. <laughs> oh, sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, I find that um, I... I like I find that I enjoy the movies. I have a good time watching them for the most part because I do tend to turn off the critical brain unless something is really well done, in which case I'm like, that is it. That's what I'm here for. This was fantastic. And like I, nothing's coming to mind necessarily for Loki in this moment, but I'm sure there was something. Um, but I really am like, I have friends who love watching them. I have friends who love having conversations about them. And I'm just like, this, sound, this sounds good. Let's Let's watch this thing. Uh, I, I like right now I'm watching all of the Disney plus stuff because Ian really wants to watch all this stuff and the Marvel stuff on Disney plus. And like, I, I enjoy it. I think it's a good time, but I don't know that I would pick it for myself either. Then again, I would probably pick something that would leave me in a deep depression hole if I was picking for myself. (laughs) But but what do I know? I can't be trusted. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel about myself a lot right now. That's a a different mini. So um, no, there's certain ones I like. Like, I'll always go see a Spider-Man movie. Hmm. You know, I just really like them, especially the new stuff they've been doing is really good. And, like, I want more in the vein of uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which I'm not unique on that. Everybody does. I mean, it's so well-received. I was really shocked by how well-received it was. Yeah. Um, but it really is Marvel's, like, best film, and it's an animated film, so we don't usually count it when we're talking about the MCU. Well, it's it's not MCU. Right, because it's not MCU, right? It's, yeah. it's technically not canon. Um, Although they're going in that direction and trying to bring it in. Yeah, but they're not going to use Miles as the focal point, which is a huge mistake, because Miles Morales is one of the best characters to ever come out of Marvel. Um, but anyway, (laughs) I'll I'll always watch a Spider-Man. And, uh, at this point I will now always watch a Thor because I hated the first two Thor movies, but Ragnarok is as far as the MCU is concerned, my absolute favorite MCU film. It's (laughs) wonderful. I, (laughs) it's funny because Ian doesn't love Ragnarok, right? Ian, like you don't, you feel like it does not totally fit with the rest of the Marvel movies or am I misrepresenting? Oh, no, you're totally right about that. Sorry. I'm speaking before Ian can speak for himself, but I just want to say that's absolutely right. I think that's why I look at it and I say Ragnarok is sort of the, sets the tone of what I think the new wave of Marvel films is going to be leaning towards more. Like there is, and we saw it with Spider-Man coming out too. They leaned into the goofiness a little bit more. Um, so yeah, sorry. Ian, thoughts? Ragnarok? <laughs> no, I, I really like Ragnarok uh, as well. Um, I I would put it in the top tier Marvel movies. It's not, uh, it's, <clears throat> it's not always going to be the Marvel movie I go to when I'm like, oh, I want to watch a Marvel movie. Uh, yeah. But no, I I really like it, uh, and I absolutely do agree uh, that it is uh, a breath of fresh air and very totally different. It's in the same vein as as uh, the Guardians movies for me, as mm. um, uh, you know, happy, colorful, uh, just uh, just a joy. Even even when dealing with heavy things, it's. Um, happy and vibrant and bright and yeah like the color palette and everything yeah. like that yeah the whole thing it's not the I same agree. like mcu uh gray yeah 
But and that's the thing, like the old, all the old, all the movies kind of before Guardians of the Galaxy came out were completely boring to me. Like I followed them, I watched them all. I I couldn't tell you the details of almost any of them. Uh, but I could tell you about Guardians of the Galaxy, and I could tell you about Thor Ragnarok. I just prefer the brighter style, I guess, uh, to superhero movies. That's what I want. I want something a little goofier, a little bit more that feels like the comic, you know? Um, so that's just, I guess, my bias, which means if they continue to go in this direction, because I really think Spider-Man did pick up on that. It wasn't quite as vibrant as those other two, but it picked it like it was goofier. There was more joking around. There was a more lighthearted tone. You're talking, you're talking about, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. Yeah. The one with, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That one. Well, and Homecoming too, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, I would. Yeah. I would say that the MCU, like, what has always been though, like the the place for the quips and the jokes. Um, yeah, absolutely. Compared even, to even, how even, he took the dark, broody tone, but even with some of those, like, if you look at like the Iron Man things, you have like quippy Iron Man, but like, like you said, with the new stuff, you can be doing serious things, but there's the bright undertone of it all. With Iron Man, it was like the opposite. You could have these witty moments, but there was this weird dark undertone to it all. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Iron Man. I so saw Iron Man is my favorite of the movies. So. Um, but I think that's that's because it came out at just like the the exact right time in my uh, adolescent development to be like lodged in there as the 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 ur text the ur uh, the uber movie and just, it will it will always be it's 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 my favorite movie. Oh, that's great. I'm not I'm not putting yeah. it down. I I mentioned Iron Man only because it was the first one. Right. Right. Uh, so yeah, but like really you see that through a lot of them. Like there's this weird dark undertone even as they're doing quippier thing throughout it until you really get to Guardians. Unless you can think of a movie that does it before then, but that's the first one that comes to my mind. Um, that kind yeah, of yeah, no, it's definitely Guardians uh, with with James Gunn as a total uh, uh, shift in, in approach and how we're going to do this this movie thing. Which, you know, when we're talking about this, it does, I'm going to bring it back around, it does make Loki a pretty good bridge, because you see a little sum of both of those things we were talking about, right? Like, there's moments where it is a little brighter and a little bit more like Ragnarok, um, and stuff like that. And then there's moments where it is kind of darker and more serious in the background, and it kind of does a a, a decent job, uh, to its credit, of blending those two things together and creating this bridge for us into this new thing, I, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's the last good thing I'll say about it. <laughs> you said you said quite a bit of good things about it. Yeah. Try to so, try to balance it out before I talk about the things that annoy me. So I, uh, I don't really care how we structure it from here. Do we want to talk about things that annoy us, or do we want to talk about like kind of larger, larger lore that it leads us into? Both and both and okay. Go well, we're gonna it. yeah. But which order are we gonna do it in? Whichever well, one one of you starts off with first. Start us, Ian. You you lead the way. All right. Well, I'll I'll do some. I'll talk about some things I didn't like about it. Um, I wish I wish that it was only one season. Um, Absolutely uh, hard agree. And 
that's it's one of the things I really liked about WandaVision and Captain America and the Winter Soldier, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, is that it was one season. And, and we also know that we're going to be seeing these characters come again and participate and tell other stories. Um, I, that's that's what I really like about comic books is that you can have this self-contained story that is can connects to this larger, wider universe uh, without needing to like have the the full. Here's five. Uh, here's five seasons of Loki, or however many seasons they're going to go for. Um, I wish that this was one season with uh, you could you could have another Loki, another television show streaming television show with the same characters, uh, but just have it be a different television show. And I think that would be just fine. Um, but the way they set it up to be, no, we're going to do at least two seasons was, um, I think, to Loki's detriment. Um, I didn't realize that that... I see. I just thought there's like they just got to the place where they're like, "This is too unruly of a story for the amount of episodes we have." I didn't realize that they are going to have maybe more than two seasons. Oh, I have no idea how many seasons oh, okay. of the show they're going to have, uh, but the I think it's clear that they set out to do this in more than one season. Um, I guess. Which is uh, uh, a weakness. A weakness. Yeah. That's one thing I I wasn't a big fan of the 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 so I talked about I can't remember if that um, I talked about the just the beautiful self-contained filler episode um, on the the apocalypse planet um, planet that's exploding it ended on that cliffhanger and then we all knew we all knew like breaking kayfabe we knew that there was going to be more episodes that wasn't going to be the end um so i almost i I wish that that episode didn't end on the cliffhanger and rather ended with like the opening scene from the next episode with the tva agents finding them and pulling them in and then the question is okay how the hell did the tva agents find them Mm -hmm. um what was going on and then that would have uh uh set that into motion but and i think a lot of the 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 Wizard of Oz kind of feeling of here are these uh, three lizard people kinds of figures that are secretly running everything and oh actually they're all fake yeah uh, was um, not that I was totally invested in uh, or excited about the telling of like the timekeepers stories or anything like that it was just like felt like uh felt like they didn't earn that uh quite like i think they thought they did um and i'm sure that as i listen to nick i will uh, come up with other things that i didn't like about it um so nick what are your thoughts well i like I, oh, oh, oh sorry i was gonna say that the i don't love the um the fact that it felt like it needed to have so many twists, like, oh, it is a trickster god. Let us be so tricksy with it. Like, yeah. it, it, it could have been a little less twisty and I would have been fine. Yeah, I was going to say to the there is no man behind the curtain moment. Uh, it it reminded me of like um, 
Oh, shit, what was it? Remember in Star Wars when there was uh, Emperor Snoke? Yeah. Mm. And then they had this build for a a movie, and then in the next movie, they just fucking killed him right away. Yeah. Yep. That's how it felt. Yeah, yeah. When they were like, oh, there's no timekeepers. And I'm like, well, then why did we do the timekeepers? Right. Like, why did you make me care about this? If it, it why They weren't them. here long enough. I didn't care long enough about them for them to just, okay, they're just not real. Great. And that, that honestly might be um, left over from, from older ways of storytelling where uh, they're feeling the need. They're like, oh, we have to keep the attention of everybody by our narrative structure because we don't have the effects. We don't have the whatever. But like in, in this day and age, you can keep a people's attention just by showing something shiny on the screen. Like, <laughs> like there's not this need to be like, oh, I'm going to like twist my narrative so that I can completely fit this expected structure that worked really well in past time. Like, I think that, I think that we have broken a lot of narrative structure rules and we don't need it. I think it's that in combination with them trying to compensate for a quicker attention span or shorter, I mean, shorter attention span of the general public. And so like, not only are they trying to hold on to this old narrative structure, but they make it go too quickly. Mm. So like, like you said, they didn't, they didn't earn that when, when, when they got there, like they just didn't earn it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting that. Like it didn't breathe long enough, you know? Um, so yeah. Cause like you can still do that if you want to, you can still do pull off the, I am your father moment if you want, but you gotta give it time. You gotta let Mm -hmm. it breathe. You gotta pace that out properly. And it just wasn't done here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Some other things. The the big thing right off top that I have to say is that the whole fucking show was just fan service. Mm. (laughs) And I hate fan service (laughs) in this kind of amount. Give us just that taste of fan service. Do that one thing. Give it that one moment that's like here. Like if if so, we took Loki's shirt off at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. We made him get naked before he could be processed by the the timekeepers. Um, keep that moment and then take everything else out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all right, here's your touch of nudity. We don't have to do this shit anymore, right? Like, we don't have to do this. Like, like you said, with the romance, dumb. We didn't need this romance. Uh, and actually the romance pissed me off for a couple of reasons, um, which I'm going to start at a different place to build to that. So I'm annoyed because there was these three TV shows. WandaVision came out of the gate really great, right? It was something kind of different. Uh, Marvel was playing around with these new formats and it was like this commentary on mental health. And there was like, real shit people deal with like that they were kind of working through and whether or not we love how they always played with those themes. It was interesting to see them do that. And then they did it again in a different kind of way with Falcon and the winter soldier. Uh, They were playing with systemic racism throughout the whole thing. And it was like this underlying theme in the background of the whole thing. And so we get to Loki and we're kind of now expecting that out of the TV show. Like what's the underlying theme 
And it kind of feels like from watching some TikTokers and listening to that and reading some articles from people, it seems like we think the underlying theme was religious deconstruction in Loki. Huh. Uh, but it, and, and I see that, but it didn't come through as well as the other two shows got their theme across. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like it all kind of fell a little flat. Like, is there some religious deconstruction, religious deconstruction happening with, uh, Owen Wilson in the time variants and he's going through all this stuff. Yeah. But nobody uses the word religion at any point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, so I can, I mean, I think it happens with each of the characters, Loki, Sylvie, uh, Ravona and, and, uh, uh, Mobius. But I would, I would say that I don't know. I don't know what articles or TikTokers you're following. Um, but if that was the message that these showrunners set out to, uh, to tackle or to explore, I would be, uh, pretty surprised i think that though i've i'll just say in my twitter circles and my twitter sphere you know deconstruction religious deconstruction is like the hot buzzword and we all have to have some kind of opinion on it or talk about it or explore it but i think that's really just like religious left slash evangelical christian twitter I don't think that that is as big of a conversation in the broader uh, zeitgeist uh, for the broader milieu of, of our uh, day and age that uh, sure. that Disney, that, that Marvel, that Disney are, is going to say, you know what, we should, we should make this TV show uh, that is going to tackle this issue head on. So I would yeah. just, I, I, I think that that, I, I don't know who you're watching or reading, but I, I think in the absence of a, this is what we're tackling head on. We're looking for something to put in. That, that's exactly what I was going to say is that that's how it's felt, right? Like there wasn't actually an intended theme for this. Uh, Ian, would you say that you think there was an intended theme for WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Or am I totally talking out of my ass with those two? Uh, I mean, definitely, definitely Falcon, the Winter Soldier, like that, it hits you over the head with it. Um, WandaVision, I would also say, yeah, where it's, it's clearly looking at um, uh, an exploration and a deep dive into trauma um, and, and uh, processing trauma and all of that. I don't, I don't think that there was an intended, uh, we're going to tackle a societal issue. Right. And and that was my problem, really, is that it felt like they had established this pattern now and didn't follow through with it with the one that was going to get a second season and was leading us into everything and kind of hyped up to be the big one that we were building to. Um, And it kind of lacked this theme. And so we're kind of grasping at straws at what the theme could be. And I'm like, but guys, it kind of feels like they didn't really intend for one for this and like no it's all about religious religious deconstruction i'm like i think you're just still hurt by the church which is fine and and it would have been a fine theme for them to plan and work for and this would have been a decent setting for it but i don't just don't think they did it well enough like they didn't if that was their intention like they didn't execute then they they fucked it up 
Um, and the other main problem hand in hand with that was kind of just this, uh, they, they had an opportunity to do more queer commentary. Mm, yeah. And they just chose not to do it. And they felt like I could feel the Disney producers patting themselves on the back when they made one reference in one scene to them liking people of the same gender. <laughs> I, right. I guess, yeah. But there's, we don't see it. It's it's barely a conversation. It's more of like a coded like nod at each other. Like, do you know? I know. Okay, great. We can move on. And you're a girl and I'm a guy. And this is weird. So maybe we'll make everybody talk about what this is. And I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah, uh, so I shared I shared that I shared a video with Joe about like uh, bisexuality uh, representation in the Marvel movies, specifically in Thor, um, and I think you should link to that video in the show notes, Joe. Okay. But in that in that video, she talks about um, like the challenge of like bi representation, uh, particularly because. The the one of the like the the chief challenges facing like people who are uh, bisexual and the the bisexual community the bi pan uh, spectrum is that as soon as you end up partnered with someone they you That's everyone you else are. everyone else reads that as oh you have quote chosen a side um, and when that's that's not true right. Um, you don't stop being bi if you are dating a, a man. You don't stop being bi if you're dating a woman or a person of no gender, any gender. Um, but it, uh, it's really hard to depict that on uh, film, TV, media. Um, but I don't understand why, Ian. Because to me, it could have been so simple. They sure. could have been in this heterosexual-looking, passing relationship. Mm-hmm. And since they're both bisexual characters, because they're the same person. Right. Well, Loki's pan, but yeah. (laughs) That's correct. But we wouldn't know because he never said that in the thing. The producers had to tell us that later. You know what I mean? Or you have to read the comics or whatever. Right. Uh, They could have sat down and that conversation between them, like literally the, the, the reference to them being queer in any way takes like a second. And it could have been a conversation. You know what I mean? They could have literally had a conversation talking about struggling with that issue. And maybe it would have felt a little heavy handed, but we get so much of nothing of that in media, like popular, popular media like this, that it would have been like, it, it could have been this really important moment in the Marvel universe in, in, popular culture and they just kind of chose not to and i'm irritated by that um but they had no problem doing a weird relationship where loki's in love with himself right right and like i 
the people who are like, oh, that makes total sense. Like, of course, Loki would be in love with Loki. That's the only way. Like, you're going to do so much other character development with this character. Like, maybe make make a choice to have a, a real relationship that's not... Like, this is, this is just weird. They're all traumatized. Nobody's making great choices here. Like, I, yeah, I, I, this, is, this is not the one enduring love of anybody's life in the show. Yeah, I think they could have done a lot of different things with it. But I, I think that also comes from, as much as we talked about earlier, that DC doesn't have creative control. I mean, Marvel is still stuck in in Disney and in whatever Disney feels like they have to do in terms of respectability. Yeah. And so, like, we're just, it's, it is a long time coming before we get any exciting representation. Like it's an, it was a big deal when they had the, the guy in frozen, the, the storekeeper in frozen who had a family, you know, like we're just not doing it. It's not for all of three frames. Yeah, exactly. The Disney's like, here you go, gay people. Ta-da. Did we do it? <laughs> we did it. We did it. Pop the, pop the champagne, everyone. Champagne pops. Um, they shake hands. Doctor, doctor. Yeah. 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 So I think, I think to go back to like the conversation about like, and this, I, I think this is where Loki also falls flat. Um, but one of like, if you're are looking at a theme or, or uh, a message that the show is trying to get across, I think there's like something to be said about coming out of, or, or growing out of narcissism, growing out of your narcissism. Yeah. Uh, because like, that's like, especially Loki in Thor one and the Avengers classic narcissist. Um, and what you get with uh, Thor two uh, and Ragnarok and uh, infinity war is you see that growth happen character development where he starts to care for other people and recognize that he's not the center of his own universe. Um, and uh, so one, you have like, this is happening all over again in this t- television show, Loki, um, where, okay, be- we have to see you go through all this character growth to like realize, oh, I'm not the center of my own universe. Uh, I don't have to be this narcissistic asshole. Uh, but then you have him fall in love with himself. He falls in love with himself. What's the yeah. point? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's like you. That's that's you. You missed the mark, uh, showrunners. You could have you could have set this up with a uh, with a beautiful queer romance between uh, between Loki and Mobius, or between Mobius and Sylvie, or whatever. Like it would have uh, maybe both. Who knows? Um, Get some poly yeah. representation in there. It's Loki. Like his the I think he's I think this is something he talked about in the in that in that train episode. But like it's more uh hedonism than than anything else. Yeah. As far as like sexual preferences go. Like just whatever. I'm gonna have a good time and <laughs> Uh, how have a good time with uh, whatever, and if it's well, um... they also took this as an opportunity, just building on the queerness conversation. Um, in the comics, Loki is gender fluid. Sure, yeah, and they really took that away or belittled that by creating the like. 
I don't know. I felt like Sylvie was a cop out, so they didn't have to really do that. So we right. could kind of like be like, well, see, Loki's a guy and a girl. And I mean, I know she's from a different universe where Loki's a girl, so it's it's not actually Loki. It's some different Loki that is a girl. That we're literally uh, going to give a different name, even though we don't give any of the other Loki right, a different name. Right. Yeah. Although, although she does like, we, you do have a bit of dead name commentary, or like for Sylvie, like she's not Loki. You don't call her Loki. Like Loki is a dead name for her. Um, so that's also sure. there. Yeah, sure. I, yeah, but I, I don't like how well that's drawn. I So I want to pivot us away from this for a hot second to talk about Gloria's purpose. Because in so much as the show had a theme, the theme is Loki discovering what his glorious purpose actually is. Like it takes Loki at the height of having completely failed at what he thought his glorious purpose was, which was to rule earth and after earth everything else and then continuing to be like oh here's your purpose you're gonna do this or this you're gonna find this loki you're gonna defeat the timekeepers you're gonna like whatever it is and i think that's what the show is trying to deal with more than anything else is what do we do when our purpose is gone um and, and it, it again it doesn't do it amazingly well but like that's the idea with the uh let's show loki his own death and how his death fits into the sacred timeline and let's play around with like what what do we get to choose who do we get to choose to be are we fated to be any particular people and uh, like i think that's what it's it's trying to work with like and that's the whole thing with a variance is that like you don't fit into the grand purpose therefore you do not fit and if if there's anything in the show that actually does talk about religious, um, either religious trauma or deconstruction, like that's the only conversation that we're really having. Um, But like, how do you fit any type of queer story into that arc? You know, like we are, we are so far gone, so far behind on queer representation that like the grand purpose of any queer character is just representation, right? You can't tell a great queer story in a lot of these, in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in the Dis- in Disney in general, because like we're still just gaining ground. We like it's difficult to have a complex, real good queer character whose whose purpose is saving the world and not dying. You know, saving the world and having a great and glorious life. Like that's we're well, not ready for that. It'll be interesting to see that because my prediction has been that we're building to Wiccan. Do you know about Wiccan? No. Okay. Um, so Wiccan is uh, Wanda's son. He's the one who had powers like her. Okay. Uh, he becomes Wiccan and he's a openly gay character. Okay. Um, and... Uh, so he's officially in the MCU now because he was born in WandaVision. Well, yeah, but um, he also then destroyed in WandaVision. Yes, but they're obviously bringing them back. I mean, that's the whole point All of right. the end of WandaVision is she's trying to find a way to get her kids back and we're making the multiverse. So we're just going to bring them in. Okay. Right. Um, and so I'm pretty sure at some point they're going to be bringing Wiccan in. And I think they're just waiting to do anything for Wiccan to show up. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really not expecting any queer representation until Wiccan becomes a character. And uh, we'll see if they even do that. Yeah. I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, because the gates of representation must always be opened up by a white gay man. Yay. Yep. Yay. <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was more bitter than it needs to be. It's got to start somewhere. But uh, boy, wouldn't it be great if it started somewhere else? Anyway. Yeah. I think a lot of times we see queerness accepted uh, in a lesbian presenting relationship first. Oh, because Because yeah. boys think that's sexy. Or like a two mom situation, which we can be right. for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because that's what guys would rather see rather than two guys kissing. That's usually where the starting point has been, culturally speaking. Right. Um, I have lots of thoughts on this, but we're going to, I'll stop talking about it now. <laughs> yeah. Eventually it's going to stop being a mini soap. <laughs> I don't know, y'all. I don't know, y'all. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Florence Pugh's character is a lesbian. Absolutely. In, in uh, Black Widow. 100%. Who? Lawrence Pugh. Uh, uh, Black Widow's sister. What's her Black name? Widow's sister. Oh, oh is, that, is that her Ilana? name? Her name. Ilana or? Yelena. Yelena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yelena, yeah, yeah. That would be interesting. <clears throat> um, yeah, we didn't get to, we didn't get to talk about like the, the grander lore stuff. Um, yeah. But okay. all you need to know is Kang the Conqueror. He's a thing. Yeah. He's he's the new big bad. We'll cool. soon know much more about him. And I, that'll yeah. be fun. I think that'll be good. Or maybe it'll be Mephisto. Who knows? <laughs> oh, gosh. We're all just waiting for Mephisto. He's not coming, guys. <laughs> Thank God. Sorry. <laughs> but if you turn the TV around and you play it backwards, it clearly is a... There's an M in Loki's underwear. <laughs> We need him for after the Kane the Conqueror uh, arc. No, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can't blow that one early. I don't know. Anyway, comic books are fun. I read a lot of those. Yeah. like those a lot better than the movies. Well, they have they have more freedom than the movies do. So yeah, yeah, it's true. Everybody, go read a comic book. Yeah, go get a comic book. Moral story. Well, friends, let's sign off. Who wants to sign off? Thank you for joining us on a mini-sode of What the Hell is a Pastor? Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I am here together with John Wesley, the dude, and I am Lars. Have a good day. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> What the Hell is a Pastor is a part of the Disruptive Disciples Podcast Network. Our theme song is written by Joe Schoenwolf, performed by Joe Schoenwolf, Ian Oriola, and Paul Oriola, and produced by Paul Oriola. Email us at wtheckisapastor at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash disruptive disciples, on Twitter at wthisapastor, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash wthiap, where you can get access to pillow talk, signed cards, episode suggestions, and so much more. Thanks for listening, and remember, always double check your default microphone. <laughs>